and welcome to the Anatomy of Money podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Fryer, award-winning filmmaker, business coach, and accidental money mindset maven. Each episode, we'll explore the mind-body-money connection through the lens of ancient wisdom, modern science, mindset, mindfulness, and meditation. It's all connected. Tune in and find out how to expand your awareness so you can be free from the traps of the mind. Let's dive in. Welcome back. I'm super excited to welcome today's guest, Beth Davis. Beth is an awesome human woman goddess and analyst. She's super smart, super geeky, and you'll <laughs> love her because she marries science and spirituality. And she's going to talk to us really about the brain that's right here in your hands. And, and I personally ignored that for a lot, of, a lot of years of my life, and it bit me in the butt. And that's what we're going to talk mm-hmm. about. So I'm going to give you the official bio and then we'll jump right in. So I already mentioned that we're going to talk about your hands and Beth is going to tell you more, but I'll just give you the brief overview to make you curious. Your hands hold up to 18 different gift markings and those markings tell you things about the habitual ways that your brain has been thinking your entire life. It tells you stuff about your potential, your creativity, your shamanism, your wounded healer. I can't remember all that. Beth will tell you more, but there's a lot of stuff in your hands. And if you can use these gifts, you can really make your life and business flourish. And that's one of Beth's gifts. And when we ignore these gifts, which is what I did, or we're afraid of them, or we don't trust them. And and even if we've been given information, but we're like, no, no, I'm not going to believe that, or I'm not going to act on it. We end up with resentment or procrastination or fear, or even dis-ease a business that's not thriving. So Mm -hmm. this is a really fun and interesting and valuable tool right in your own hands. So Beth is an intuitive business catalyst and check this out. Isn't it a great title? She's got something called Palm Pilot for the Soul of Your Business. And she can help you discover your personal gifts in your hands and how you can make connections with your ideal clients and your ideal projects. I think I mentioned this. She's an intuitive business catalyst And she works with global leaders, including celebrities, scientists, and entrepreneurs. And she's been using her intuition, her extensive shamanic experience. She's been doing this for 15 years. And I can personally vouch for the um, incredible intuition, although maybe Beth wouldn't say it's it's intuitive. It's right there in your hands. But to me, it's like, woo. Uh, accurate. And when we had our first reading, we didn't know each other. And the hilarious thing is actually, I'd had a reading from a student of Beth's two years ago and I ignored it. And guess what? My business went down the toilet and I actually quit my business. Mm-hmm. And then I met Beth and we had the reading and it was kind of like, you know, I've been blind to this my whole life. So that's what I want to say for my introduction that she knows a ton about your business and your brain just by looking at your hands. Welcome. Thank you. That was the best. That was one of the best intros ever. Aww, I Thank adore you, you. Deborah. I Aww, it's so mutual. Cool it's so mutual. So I I'm so I, glad to be on the series. I'm so yeah, honored. Me too. So I know I threw out something really provocative and, and potentially controversial, which I don't know anything about, and you do. So talk to us about the brain in your hands. Okay. Well, your hands are biologically the part of your body with the most nerve endings, right? They're the most articulated aspect of the body. And of course, most of what we create and build comes from the brain through the hands, right? Surgery, typing, writing, building. I mean, we create our world with our hands. The shape of your hands tells me what you're built to do, what you're designed for, right? 
So some people have very square, sturdy hands. You'll see them on the hands of contractors and carpenters, right? Surgeons. You're going to have very different hands from someone like me whose hands are quite ornamental. What does that I mean, dance with them. Ornamental, right? Like my friend, one of my friends who's a hand analyst, she says, Beth's hands are purely ornamental, which of course is not true because I do a lot of typing, but I type, I type, I write, I sometimes make the bed. That's about it. About it. You know, I can open things, carry things, you know, obviously use my hands, but my hands are representative of someone who's dealing a lot with the intellect. I'm a researcher. I like to say that I'm a pattern recognition specialist. So when I look at someone's hands, I get a download of their soul's blueprint. I, you know, I see it in the hands. So the shape of your hands tells me what you're designed to do, how you manipulate your world to create. The lines in the hands represent the emotional pathways you go down, the physical pathways you go down, the way your brain processes data. So we actually have these different parts of us that work together. Like the way someone is emotionally may be different from the way they are logically. Usually is, but not always. Some people's thinking is very emotional and subjective. Other people's thinking is very analytical. And when the emotional thinker tries to communicate with the logical thinker, sometimes they just don't have any idea what the other person's saying, or they're bored. They're confused or they're bored, that they need like a translator. That's one of our biggest challenges as humans is we assume the other person understands what we're saying and, you know, they don't always understand <laughs> at all. Uh, so with regards to gift markings, you know, there's lots I could tell you about the hands, but let's just, you know, we don't have a lot of time today. So we'll focus on that. The hands can have up to 18 gift markings and a gift marking is extra potential talent. Hmm. Does not mean, and nothing in these pattern systems like Hand analysis, Enneagram, Tarot, human design, astrology, they're all awesome. And any one of these systems will give you the information if you want to listen. But you gotta, um, but we're stubborn. We get we to hear it again and again and again and again. And then usually you have some crisis happen when we think, you know, maybe I ought to just give this information a shot because my way ain't working. So these systems reflect back to us who, you know, who we are. And in hand analysis, the gift markings show this extra potential talent. So my point is that in any of these systems, nothing's a guarantee. You're not guaranteed your purpose. There's no promise of reward unless you apply yourself to the task at hand. Up to 18 gift markings are possible in hand analysis. Now, the thing is, most people have no gift markings. And in fact, some of the most successful people in the world have no gift markings like Steven Spielberg because those people are so super focused, right? They're so focused on what they're trying to do. They're successful. And of course, what creates success in life is the ability to complete things. Mm -hmm. I'm not very good at completing things. So I hire people to complete things. That's it's miraculous. <laughs> Last night I met with my copywriter and he was like on me. We went to dinner and he was walking me back to my car. He's like, Beth, I've noticed it's really hard to get on the phone with you or get a meeting with you. Like you're super busy. I'm like, I really am. And when I'm not busy, I don't want to talk work. I just don't want to talk work. So I ignore your emails. I know it's hard to get in touch with me. So <laughs> he says, well, who else can I talk to on your team? And I was like, oh, I know who will help you get this project finished. He's like, all right, get out of the way. Put me in touch with her. We'll finish it. And then we'll run it by you for review. And I'm like, oh. right. So there's always a solution that can help us get our work done in the world, right? That's so okay. these, isn't that amazing? So people without a lot of gift markings, they're very focused. Now, the people I meet usually have five or more gift markings. 
And I meet a lot of people with seven, eight, nine, ten gift markings. The most I've ever seen is 15. I haven't seen all 18 in one pair of hands. So it's totally possible. I'm sure someone, multiple people in the world exist because you could have, technically, you could have all the gift markings. Oh boy, what a life. Like you would be, whew, that would be challenging to say the least. So <laughs> you have all this extra potential talent. And the question is, are you using it? Now, if you don't use it, you experience what's known as the penalty. And the penalty is painful. It's just like it says. I've taught hand analysis for, I don't know, 15 years now. And I've had students say to me, I don't want to use the word penalty. It's mean. I'm like, it's supposed to be mean because penalties suck. And we're not helping our clients by whitewashing this and telling them, oh, it'll be fine. No, it won't be fine. Your life will be hell. Basically, anything that you've been given in your design, right, that's basically part of your brain, right? So the brain and the stomach are made of, or the gut, right? Your intestines, it's made of the same tissue. So we know the gut thinks and the brain thinks and they communicate together and makes your life work or your life hell. Now, if they're not communicating properly, you know, it's a mess. And then the map of that intelligence system is in your hand. So I come along or any hand analyst comes along and we translate this map. And then the question is, are you going to follow it? You know, it's a treasure map, right? It's a treasure map to your treasure. How does your brain make a map on your hand? Well, here's the thing. Science would say, oh, those lines, they're crease lines, right? Because the skin can't be totally tight. So that's partly true. They are. they, They are crease lines. So your hand can bend and it can move. However, it's scientific. One, because you could teach it to kids from a book. It's learnable. It's teachable. It's teachable. It's learnable. It's demonstrable. It's repeatable, which makes it scientific. So hundreds of thousands of hands have been read in the system that I use, hundreds of thousands of pairs. I personally have read about 8,500. I've lost count. I really should keep a count. But anyway, I'm getting up to the 10,000 marker. And what a marking means in your hand, Deborah, will mean the same thing if the marking shows up in my hand. So if we share a marking, it means the same thing. What makes us different is the combo of markings, right? Like you and I are human and we share a similar DNA strand. But you have what? Blue-green eyes? Mm-hmm. I have brown eyes, right? Different gene pattern. Now, we can both see through our eyes. We're not like startled when we see each other's eyes like, oh, you're an alien. It's like, oh, you have eyes. I have eyes. Mm-hmm. You have a nose. I have a mouth. But there's these little variations that it creates you as you and me as me. Right? And it's these subtle, subtle variations. Same with the hands, right? Thinking style, emotional style, how you manage your physical energy, gift markings, no gift markings, right? So that's what repetition has shown us, right? So when science says, oh, it's not scientific, well, it's like our studies have already been done. We know it works. We can prove it. And I have a lot of clients that are scientists and engineers and doctors, and I just talk to them about it. And then we do it and they learn it. And they're like, holy crap, this is scientific. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know how the heck nature was like, we're going to give you a pattern. But I will tell you this. Patterns repeat. Mm -hmm. You can read someone's DNA and it will tell you their health history, which will tell you about their patterns, right? We know from spiritual healers like Carolyn Mace, Louise Hay, they really got this one going, of making the link between the emotional, spiritual causes of illness and the body and which body parts are affected by what illness. So you can look at someone's DNA report. They'll tell you the same thing. Oh, that family, long line of heart problems. Well, what happened to them? Oh, well, there was a lot of death 
or there was a lot of divorce, or there was a lot of people being orphaned. Oh, they're heartbroken, right? So there's always, it's not like it's a separate system. So all patterns repeat. You can read the iris of the eye, right? You can read somebody's elbow. You can read their butt. You can read anything. (laughs) You can. There's a guy in Germany. He reads butts and he gets a whole read. And I'm sure I could read a butt too because patterns repeat, right? People sit on the Xerox machine and they send in their butt prints. I can't even make this stuff up. (laughs) There's people that read feet. I haven't learned how to read feet. Maybe one day when I have time, I will. Well, that's what reflexology is based on too, right? There's a map in the right. feet. There's a map in the hand. That's right. I carry those little cards around, those little reflex. I think it's the coolest thing, little uh-huh. ones of the hand. And I've been, I've been slowly learning the pressure points in the hand and how they relate to the body. Well, if it's you just look, remarkable. If you look at your feet like this, it actually maps yep. exactly on top of your body. So you'll see the liver over here mm-hmm. on the right side. Like it's yep. exactly a map of your body as it is that's in right. an anatomical neutral position. It's so cool. I well, how could it not be? Because all the nerve endings in your body end in your hands and your feet. Right. They all go there. So they're all connected to the brain. And then the brain has all these you know, nerves. And it actually all goes through your spine, right? So your spine has the branches out to all the organs and everything else. It's just such an, our bodies are such incredible systems. I think about it this way. Someone really tall and agile is going to be a lot better at basketball than me because they're built for it. And nothing you're going to do if you're 5'2 is going to get you in the NBA. I'm sorry. Ain't going to happen. Right? So the great thing about learning about our design is we can have self-acceptance. We can have an opportunity to love ourselves as we are and see the genius of how our body's designed, how our face looks, how our hands are, and realize we're perfectly built for the job we came here to do. And usually, if you go back and trace your ancestors, if you were go back, where's your, some of your family from, Deborah? They're from Lithuania and uh, Russia. Right. So you go back to Lithuania and Russia, the people are going to look like you. They're going to have the same butts, same forehead. You're going to be like, holy crap, like there you are. How, how are you doing? All right, so let's go back to gift markings. So most of the people in our communities are going to have a lot of them. Let's say you have a series of vertical lines under your little finger. You need four or more, four or more, right? It's the mark of the gifted healer. It's the most common gift marking I've seen. Lots and lots of gifted healers in the world. It's sometimes called the medical stigmata, mm-hmm. you know, and Jesus, Padre Pio, you know, they had the, mm-hmm. you know, the blood flowed from the holes in their hands and it smelled like roses. Now, somehow I doubt that this is a real thing, but it's a very nice story. But you get the gist that the, person who has this medical stigmata has magic in their hands. Do you have people heal? No, I really don't. I don't think I do. I may have, I have to look. It's come and it's gone. You know, my whole life, people have told me you're here to be of service and be a healer. And I'm like, none of that's in my hands. And they're like, we know, but what are you going to do? There is this, I mean, all the other stuff in my hands is definitely accurate and I'm using it, but there is almost a meta purpose that we come to, right? There's like this meta reason that we're here. And I think I don't need the penalty as a healer. So I don't, I don't have the marking. I think sometimes the markings go away. This is just a theory. I haven't done the research to prove this. I'm just saying, this is just a hypothetical. My sense is, yeah, if you use the gift, you can integrate it and then you don't need the penalty to keep kicking your butt to use it. So the thing is when you're a healer, you have a wound or several and your job as a healer is healer, heal thyself. Of course. Mm -hmm. If you don't heal yourself, your whole life falls apart. Marriage breaks down. That's the first thing, partnership. Romantic partnerships take the hit first. 
brick wall between you and a significant other. This is such a penalty for the healer because the healer, more than anyone, has a gift for intimacy. And intimacy is about sharing your innermost self with another. Yeah? That's what the healer is good at. So if they're not getting paid as a healer, it starts to shut down. And they feel it most keenly in their love life. That's always a red flag. When someone's like, what about my love life? And I'm like, let me look at your hands. Are you a healer? <laughs> Nine times out of 10, they're a healer. And then I'm like, are you getting paid as a healer? Are you, are you meeting with clients? Are you leading groups? Are you publishing her work? What are you doing? And they're like, no, no. I'm like, well, forget that relationship then because you got to get your paid healer thing together. So right, don't put the cart before the horse to use that old saying. Like, the cart's the healing work. If you put it in front of the horse, your romantic partner, the engine, whatever you think is that dream that's going to pull you forward, the horse has nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. Basically, you are the cart and the horse, right? So the horse is your engine and the the cart is the gift. So if you take that, these abilities you have and you put them in front of your own momentum and you stall, you're going to go into penalty. Mm -hmm. Healers must develop enormous trust capacity an enormous surrender capacity to fulfill what they came here to do. And everyone needs a healer. And every healer needs a team of healers because we're human and we don't know everything. And we have tremendous blind spots and horrible trauma we've endured and terrible suffering and deep, deep wounds. I've never met a person that hasn't had their butt kicked by life at one point or another. Even people that have had a pretty smooth ride, they'll eventually tell me something. And I'm like, you, even you, you'd never know. And they're like, oh, let me tell you about, you know, this, that, and the other thing. I have so many clients that are orphans, orphans, you know, and they're like, yeah, it's an orphan. (laughs) Oh, no, I came over on a boat, came over to the, you know, I was a boat person, like a boat, like they took a boat from Vietnam and they survived and then they travel and they emigrate to the United States. It's unbelievable what people go through. So that's the thing I've learned from hands. Most of all, Deborah is compassion because people just do things because they don't know what else to do. So the healer comes along to heal that. Yeah. Heal that wound. So why do you think gifted people struggle so much? What's up with being gifted and the struggle? Such a great question. So highly gifted people, typically, I hope we can change this at least somewhat in our lifetime. Highly gifted people typically are not seen by their family of origin. Mm -hmm. Now, as one of my mentors, Pamela Landers says to me, it's not your family's job to see you. It's not your family's job to see you, but we crave that from our family. Their job is to keep us safe. And they don't even always succeed at that, right? But ideally, the family's supposed to keep you safe. So in keeping you safe, they want to protect you from things they don't understand, mm-hmm. outside influences, crazy ideas, right? So very often the gifted child, is, and there's a great book called The Drama of the Gifted Child that every highly gifted person should read. And it's basically the gifted child doesn't get seen. They don't get properly mirrored. And the real problem is if you don't get resources early on, you may never make it in life. I mean, I know people are always being given hope, but there's a point where if there's years and years and years go on where there's no support, it makes adulthood much harder than it needs to be. I mean, it just makes it so many times harder. So these gifted people that aren't seen. Now, the gifted people that maybe were born in a good neighborhood, you know, they went to a pretty decent school, they got into a good college, they have much better chance, right? 
but let's say you're highly gifted and you're born in the ghetto, right? And the school sucks and there's no resources and everyone around you is kind of daft too because no one's helping them. And so you just in a gang or whatever, right? How is that person going to use their healing gift and their artist gift? And maybe they're an intuitive on top of it, right? And maybe they're great at business. So when we're not seen and then we don't have the right environment to foster the gifts, it's really an uphill battle. And I want to be very honest about this. So if you're an adult and you're struggling, the first thing you've got to do is get help. And there's lots of free help. There's so much free help. The SBA has coaching mentors. There's free art programs. There's all kinds of free help. But we have pride, humans. We don't want to ask for help. I can do it myself. And then another year goes by and you haven't done anything. So even if you're listening to this interview and you're struggling financially, it's not an excuse. So much free help in America. America is the most charitable place on earth. There's charities for everything. Every problem you have, someone's tried to solve it, pretty much. So then it's like, we've got to get help so we get seen and then we need the right environment. So that's the first piece is you don't get seen. And then if you're really psychic and intuitive, that adds another wrinkle because people won't corroborate your insight. They'll tell you you're crazy. Then you start doubting yourself. Then you lose your intuition. Then you can't guide your life as an intuitive being. Not every person is guided in an intuitive way. They're just not. Some people are guided mentally. I'm guided emotionally and through touch, through feeling. My whole, my intuition is emotion. But some people are very gut. And if that doesn't get supported and they start trying to live from their mind, oh, their life just doesn't work. It's the most frustrating thing. So that's what I would say about that. So if you're highly gifted, it's really important to come into communities like this where someone says to you, hey, you're really psychic, you know. I just had a call with a client today and I did a reading for her beginning of this year. We met in person. I said, hey, you know, you're a channel. She's like, how do you know that? I said, well, it's partly I'm psychic. I just know, but I can show you where it is in your hands if you have. So I showed her in her hands. She's like, oh. Huh. Yeah, I think I, I've been told that. I'm like, well, are you using it? I knew what her answer was. Well, no. I mean, people would think I'm crazy. And I'm like, okay. Well, you might want to start using it because it's the key to your life. Your psychic ability is the key to your life. Well, I work in corporate. And I said, then just bring it to corporate. Corporate's hip now. All these young companies are hiring psychics and stuff. Like, who cares? Just bring it. So anyway, I met with her today. Beth, I've started channeling for my clients. Just got a new client, $3,000 channeled for her. I said, isn't it easy? She's like, it's so easy. Mm -hmm. It's so easy. I just know. So your life is easy when you use your gifts and it's really painful when you don't. And when you let the mind come in with all that, no, not me. And oh, you know. The pain of being invisible, the pain of saying I have to do it all by myself, the pain of saying there's nobody who's had this problem and I'm the only one who's struggling and it's not true. You know, the funny thing about low self-worth is it's this weird kind of narcissism. It's very odd. If you think about it, like, oh, who would pay me? And I don't know if I'm worth it. And it's all like, yeah, but now you're just hiding. Like, be courageous, people. Like, where's your backbone? Like, have some courage in life. You know, here's the thing. This is what I learned long ago, and I think it's what's given me. I mean, in my 20s, I was the world-class procrastinator. I was afraid of everyone and everything getting rejected. I was so my so sensitive. Everything hurt my feelings. Not anymore. <laughs> things still hurt my feelings, but they're important things. Like not, no BS hurt my feelings, right? And I procrastinated. I was in a job I didn't like and on and on and on. And I didn't really understand that 
it's just so, so vital to know who we are. This is what I realized. Huh. Well, I'm definitely failing if my life sucks. I mean, the reason you're not getting what you want is because you don't, you think you know who you are, but you don't. Mm -hmm. People are like, oh, I know who I am. I'm like, really? Well, if you knew who you were, you'd be abundant and you'd have good relationships and you'd be healthy. Really? So if your life isn't working, there's a blind spot, right? And I thought, well, I'm going to really fail if I don't live my purpose and I'm going to fail trying to live my purpose. So I may as well fail forward, as they say, right? Then just be a failure. And that was very life-changing. So when I say people are like, oh, I'm scared and I'm afraid to charge. I'm like, well, you must enjoy being broke then. (laughs) It's a choice. The only way you get to make money and do all these things is to have a ton of courage and be willing to have difficult conversations. I was just talking with a friend of mine who has a multi-million dollar business. And she says, yeah, it really just all boils down to being willing to have 10 minutes of a difficult conversation, whether in love or business just to have the difficult conversation. So most people won't ask for the sale, difficult conversation. They Mm. won't confront someone who's not delivering work on time. They won't confront that client who's full of crap and just making excuses, right? So courage, because you're going to fail anyway. So you may as well fail in the direction of what you want to create then live your life and go, oh, I wasted the whole thing. And now I really feel like a loser because my life was a complete total loss. I love that. When we give ourselves permission to fail, I mean, part of it is this idea that I'm not allowed to fail. And when you give yourself permission to fail, it's like, thank God I'm off the hook because you expect to fail. And there is no such thing as failure anyway. It's the context you put around it. About 20 minutes before this call, I got online to prepare for it and our internet was totally dead. And I called the phone (laughs) company and I get this automated message that says, yes, your internet is totally dead and we know you have no email and we're working on it and we won't have it ready until 10 o'clock. So that is four hours from now. So in other words, this interview wasn't going to happen. So the first thing I thought was, oh crap. And then the second thing I thought was, what else is possible? Where can I go where there's good internet? And then I was like, yeah, but I like my house. I like the lighting. I like what I've set up. So then I thought, well, how about a personal hotspot? So then I set up the personal hotspot and I was totally amped. And then I was like, I better do something with all this energy because I have to do an interview. So I went upstairs and I cranked the stereo as loud as I could. And I had myself a wild kick-ass dance party. And then like, here we are. And, right. like, and I was thinking like, this is the courage that it takes to be an entrepreneur because yes. so wrong all the F and time. We do not control the world. Thank God is for that. But you do control your little corner of it and you control yep. your emotional response to whatever comes along. And we're part of the flow and we're in the flow. So there's all kinds of stuff that's going to, you know, badger us and bump us and nudge us and annoy us. And, you know, exhilarate us and excite us, but we don't really mind that stuff. We mind the stuff that bumps us, which is what your point is, right? You just like courage to say, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to show up. I'm going to figure it out. If I make a mistake, okay, I did my best. Right. You did your best. And the thing is, you know, I don't have that thing about failure. Some people do, you know, it's in their design, but so it didn't work. I'm like, well, what, what did I learn from it? And then I just quietly throw it in the shredder. You know, like what? Like a lot of stuff I try doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Who cares? But I just keep trying stuff. And then like, oh, and oh, I'm seeing how this works with this piece. And then you start to see how it all works together. You can only figure it out by trying. Right. And giving it a shot. I bet a lot of stuff you try, you surprise yourself because it was an accident. And then all of a sudden, yeah. it's like the best thing ever. Ever. And often it's your clients will tell you what they want anyways. Like people are always like, well, I don't know what to sell and I don't know what to talk about. I'm like, well, you don't have to. Like, how would you know? Ask your people. 
they'll tell you. I mean, all the stuff I deliver is what people ask for. They're like, we want more on gift markings. Tell us your mistakes as an entrepreneur. How did you succeed in marketing? Oh, you want that? Okay. I don't have to think it up. I'm not really that original. I just listen. I just listen. And then they tell me. But like people have ego, like, oh, it has to be my idea. Mm-hmm. To be my, I want to start a charity. If I hear one more person say that, I'm like, the world doesn't need another charity. Go help a charity. You don't even know how to do a charity. Go learn about a charity before you start a charity and start something that the world doesn't need. Figure out what the gap is first. Do your homework. So I say, but do your homework. Slow down. Stop trying to like, I'm going to be a millionaire. And I'm going to, it's like, be quiet. You are not. Stop it. Like, just stop. Most people are never going to be millionaires. You don't want the hassle. You don't want to manage the team. You wouldn't know what to do with all the money. Figure out what you can manage. Figure out your realm. When I read people's hands, most people aren't here to be millionaires, right? They're here to be happy using their gifts. Yes, get paid for them. You know, live well, eat well, have a nice house. But like this, you know, unbelievable emphasis on some kind of rigid idea of success that's so limited and very masculine, I might add. It's like, okay, let's all just forget the hype, come back to reality. And like, who am I? It's right here. Who are you? And when people settle into that, it's interesting. Their life is finance. One thing I know is as long as I go in the direction of my purpose, anything I want to do will be magically financed. If it's aligned with your purpose, the finance is there, right? So I just know all the money will come. It always does. It just always does. I'm like, oh, it'll come. Yeah. So such great advice, right? Like chill out, everybody. Here's the takeaway. Be happy. Yeah. Chill out. Ask for help. Delegate. Yeah. Slow down. Like just be, just love yourself, right? Like love yourself. Give yourself a break and look at your pattern. So should we talk about one? There's another gift I want to talk about. It's very popular. Okay. Okay. So sometimes there's vertical lines on the tip of the little finger and you need like three of them and they need to go almost the whole length of the tip of the finger. And they're always your pinky or any tip of any. Oh, no, always on the tip, always on the tip of the pinky. And of your okay. left hand or any hand? Can be left or right, okay. left or right. Right, so they're called lines of genius. Mm-hmm. And the genius you have is taking abstract ideas and making them practical. Now the sexy description of this gift is the gifted author and speaker with a special message to deliver to the masses. Teaching's a good way, podcasting, YouTube channel, channeling, poetry reading, songwriting, speeches, books, you get the idea, white mm-hmm. papers. But you get to write, speak, speak and write, write, speak, speak and write. That's what you're supposed to do. Do that. Stop chasing your tail. So I have lines of genius, big time, both hands. So I was with the same friend, the multi-million dollar business owner who was saying, you know, just have the difficult conversation for God's sakes, just say it, you know? And um, about three years ago, I said to her, honey, you have been such a good advisor to so many people. How can I improve my business? Like, what is your advice for me? And I was waiting for something earth shattering. And she's like walking on her porch and she's like, oh, speak and write, write and speak, speak and write. I'm like, she's like, that's all you need to do. So now one of my rules, which I got from my friend, Jeffrey Van Dyke, who's an amazing coach. He said, unless I'm teaching, speaking, or teaching and speaking, I don't want to do it. So he has set up his whole business. So if he's not teaching and speaking with a client, someone else is doing it. And I thought, oh, I almost am there, right? All I do is I'm talking. I get paid to talk. I get paid to listen. That's what I do. I get paid to talk and paid to listen, write, teach, 
speak. It's all the same thing. It's downloading information, right? And helping people understand, right? We're talking about gift markings, which we could make very complicated, but it's very simple, which isn't the same as easy. Simple is harder than easy, but simple. Most things, it's the hardest thing in the world is to make something simple. It's the hardest thing in the world. And some of the lines of genius has the gift for it. Now, I didn't know I had this gift till I had my hands read at age 27 and I started speaking and I would walk on stage and know what to say. And people would come up to me like, oh my God, it's so amazing. I'm like, right? Gift marking. Hey, (laughs) I can't even take credit for it. It's a gift. But I can't take credit for using it. I'm the one that used it. I don't know where it came from, but I'll take it. I'll use it. So that's how, how we keep our ego in check, right? It's like of me, through me, but it's not like my ego, right? It's like the ego is there to keep me safe. The ego is like, I like gold jewelry today. You know, the ego is like, oh, I want that lipstick color, not that lipstick color, right? The ego says, I like this furniture, not, I want to drive that car, not this car. Great. You need your ego. The ego says, run from the tiger, run (laughs) up the tree, get out of the way. Uh, If you can run that fast, uh, if you're lucky. But then there's the place with gifts, like the healer, any of these 18 gifts, it just comes through you. Like Mozart, it's like a Mozart, like Mozart and Beethoven said, I just heard it mm-hmm. and I wrote it down. That's what happens for me when I speak. Like right now, I don't, I don't even, it just comes through. Mm-hmm. I have an audience. You ask me a question. We have a focused topic. Lines of genius kicks in. So this healer and lines of genius are two of the most popular gifts. Now here's the deal. Most people with lines of genius chase their tail going nowhere fast. They go nowhere. Piles of papers everywhere. They're trying to, they're going to go get another coaching certificate. They're going to sign up for some other thing they don't need. You know, sometimes in my business, I'm turning people away all the time. Like, you don't need this program. Like, you don't need to spend that much money with me. You know, you should go spend the money with that person because that's what you need right now. And they're like, really? I'm like, really? Right? So people are all distracted. So the key with lines of genius is you got to just do it. Now, mm-hmm. easy for me to say. The problem that people encounter is, well, I don't know what I would write about. I don't know what I would say. Well, and I say, you're not going to know until you get your ass on a stage and you puke in a bucket. You're going to have to go do it. Mm -hmm. So my advice to everyone is join Toastmasters. For God's sakes, it's like, what, 15 bucks a meeting? Like everyone can join Toastmasters. And there's meetup groups that teach you speaking. Thank goodness for Toastmasters and all those other groups I went to. It gave me so much courage practice, structure, embarrassment, humiliation, and success all in one package. (laughs) So when people want to be speakers, I'm like, you have to go learn how to speak. And the only way you're going to find your message is to talk. That's it. Lines of the genius. So this sitting around in your living room, I don't know what to talk about, is bullshit hiding behind the smokescreen of fear of rejection, as it usually is. So that's what I have to say about that, all you speaker and authors. Go speak and go write. (laughs) <laughs> start a blog, you know, you start a blog on Google for free. It's the coolest thing ever. And then you have all the access to the world of Google. In fact, Google, I was showing a client is an entire business system for free. Calendar, Google Drive, Google Docs, you can do free webinars. It's all free. There's no excuse these days. You could just, I test, I challenge someone out there, go do a hundred thousand this year as an experiment, just using Google as your office. You can do it. It may as well be fun Mm -hmm. and exhilarating and on purpose using your blueprint versus all the other BS drama people get into. Like I'm on a drama diet. I was the queen of drama and I just will not participate. And I realize 
we create drama and all these absurd situations to not do our purpose. They're so exciting, drama. We love it. We love reading magazines about other people's drama. We love hearing the gossip of our friends' drama. And we're all in drama, sickness and money and relationship stuff and all of it, best I can tell, is urging us to go to our purpose, to use our gifts, which is what the penalties are, right? They're basically, your penalty is always drama, pain, suffering, and all it ever means because why is this happening to me? This is what this, this series is about, is to help people realize everything is choice. And when yes. you choose what you want, what feels good for you, what creates yes. joy and enthusiasm, and you're on purpose, and yep. you're, you're serving, and you're doing your mission, and you're having fun, and you're working in your own zone of genius, you feel free. You have infinite choice. Well, that's all we've got, because we can't control what other people do. You know, one thing that it so gets on my nerves Someone will say to me, well, why did you attract that person or experience into your life? I just want to slap them. I'm like, I don't know, but I know what I did about it. I know what I learned from it. I mean, if you're going to live in the world, you're going to interact with all sorts of flotsam and jetsam coming into your field. Like, yeah, and you take as much control as you can, right? You make as many choices as you can. And shit's still going to get in there. Like, where'd that come from, right? And you're like, Whew, you know, you know, like a fly in the eye. Like, whoa, where'd that come from? So we're always going to have situations that teach us. And I think when they're really painful situations, it's always where we have the most blind spots mm-hmm. because otherwise we wouldn't be in that situation. We would have, so we would have found a way to handle it. So instead of us beating ourselves up, like we have that much power, like, why did you create that? It's like, come on, if I could create that, I could create anything rather it's if I'm in this situation, what skills am I lacking? Who do I know that's good at handling these kinds of situations in their life? I'm going to go ask them for advice. Mostly stuff happens because we don't know any better. Compassion. We just don't know any better. We're not trying to create this pain. We just don't know. And once we realize we don't know, then we can get support, get seen, get going. Be nice to yourself because all that judgment, all that spiritual judgment makes me freaking crazy. Like, stop it, everyone. Like, if we were that powerful, we wouldn't need to have this call. We're not. You know, we can only manage so much. And then there's lots of random, whole lots of random in the world. I do know for myself, when the synchronicities start happening, right, I think of something, the phone rings, I want to create something, someone comes along and says, hey, I was thinking maybe I could help you create Oh, that thing I was thinking about? Cool. Because we are in an energy matrix. So I do not want to dismiss the fact that what you put out will come back. It is a boomerang, right? The synchronicity occurs when we're willing to align with this compassionate, loving place in ourselves that allows us to be a learner, that allows us to be a student of life, no matter the situation, to be able to ask, what am I learning here? Why is this being shown to me? Mm. And if it's painful to remember, oh, I lack skills. Because if I had the skills, it wouldn't be painful. It just wouldn't be painful. Anyway, that's it's, my rant for the day. It's super great to get to connect with you and have you share so much value with everybody here. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Anatomy of Money podcast. If you loved what you heard today, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. Could you help us grow this podcast? If you're listening right now, please grab the link and share it with three friends who'd also love to be free of the traps of the mind. 
When we change the way we see the world, our whole outlook changes. Peace is an inside job, and you're hired. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.